theme that is common across folklore is that of unsuspecting humans stumbling across a convocation of magical beings. Stories usually involve the hapless mortal man or woman wandering into a place of primordial nature, dark forests or lost valleys untouched by man. Within these supernatural courts they find a multitude of magical beings, displaying abilities such as invisibility, telepathy, and even the manipulation of time. In recent decades, it has been noted how these characteristics are similar to many described experiences of alien abduction. Historical accounts of encounters with these beings often have many hallmarks of what we would consider today as close encounters of the third kind. This case file joined the theorists as they bust a move amongst the brownies and boggarts and make their case at fairy court amongst the ranks of the sensationally sorceress Fay Folk. to Alien Theorist Theorizing, Case File 249, The Fey Folk. I'm Brayden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Woo! Um, Zell survived. Zell, before we get going, give us an update. You hiked uh, to Mount Doom with your dad. Who won? I guessing you won the battle. You're... Sacrificed You've him? Absorbed his life force? The, the you true, are now the king the true of Zellers? Heir. Yeah, the true heir to the Zellers fortune. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you missed it. We we surmised <laughs> that you took a leave of absence to bring Zellers back yeah, that's from the, the grave. That's canon now. That is that's also ATT. true. Well, it's that's named ATT. after your family. Yeah. <laughs> right? Everyone knows it's Ryan Zellers. <laughs> Zellers. <laughs> Where do you think Zell comes from? Yeah. There's no other Zed names out there. No, it's impossible. Uh, no, I survived the trip. I decided to actually hike instead of just float up, but it was <laughs> the most physically exhausting, w- hardest thing I've ever done, I'd say. So what exactly did you do? I grabbed a 50-pound bag, and then we hiked 15 kilometers in on this trail to the Monashee Provincial Park. Uh, like I was 1,100 meters vert, just like terrible backpack terrain. Just absolutely, just a, grind then we set up camp and then proceeded to hike again the next day up another thousand meters to the top of a mountain called mount fostel and that we just did that a lot of walking a lot of walking so then you guys drew your ancient blades and and tested each other in single combat did you at least cast the ring into the fire (laughs) (laughs) are you kidding me no, they forged no the ring. Forged it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I've never done anything like like an overnight trip like that so long. Yeah. Um. Not recommended. <laughs> I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say. How I many think, stars I, out I'm, of five? I'll yeah. be honest with you, though. I'm super impressed because uh, you're you're being real, real about it. Because if I did this trip, I would have cried the entire time. I would have been horrible. <laughs> I probably wouldn't even have finished it. But I would have got back and be like, greatest thing anybody can ever do. Yeah. Fucking fat. I'm I, one fought with nature. Sa- I fought Sasquatch on top of that fucking one mountain. Nature. I killed clock. One hit with my one hands. Kill. What I ate. Yeah. I'm all this man. From now on, I want to be referred to as Brother Nature. No, I mean it, it. It is one of those. It's one of those times 
you know the saying like test your metal like I like got test uh, your might yeah test my your might. Soft, bro. I'm gold <laughs> that's soft we hiked to, right. we hiked to the top <laughs> of the mountain and we fought Lord Raiden right. for control and you got to the top of the mountain and yeah for for control of this realm is what we did yeah Zelda yelled that and then his dad turned around in embarrassment immediately started walking back down just ruined the moment while we're here. Let's go. Let's go. No, it was super fun. Uh, um, and I bet Papa Z's planning the next one already. He's like, my son loved it. <laughs> he loves hiking. That's going to be our thing. It, my dad Crazy hikes. This is, my dad loves this kind of stuff so much. And I'll just do one quick story and then we'll start the case file. We hiked this eight and a half hours, 15K, 1200 meters. Everyone's exhausted. It was a hot day. So everyone's just extra hot and extra tired because of the heat. Ooh, extra sweaty. Extra sweaty. We get to camp. We set up our tents start boiling water and these fuckers love camping so much this is my dad and two of his friends they love camping so much like this that they were so hungry and so physically exhausted they were making dinner and then said wait turn off the water let's go fishing oh my we're God. about to make food we've been hiking for eight and a half hours and I'm sitting there just like what the fuck are you guys doing <laughs> I'm not gonna eat I'm so I'm hungry I'm not gonna eat tonight <laughs> I'm so hungry and they're like well, and you can't sound like a bitch so you gotta be like yeah let's go fishing yeah, you're idea. like I was I didn't want to say anything but I was I was hoping someone would say that yeah absolutely it's funny though because this I didn't realize they always made it seem like they just catch fish and they eat it up there and that's how they survive no they fucking brought in 20 pounds of food oh really <laughs> steaks okay, yeah. Pasta, oh, yeah. frozen chicken quesadillas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun though. Was a, I've never done something like that with, with the old man. And yeah, he, he had, that's what he, he should just be an outdoor guide. Just live yeah. outdoors, take people on hikes. He would love it. Yeah, why not? But he also was Robocop because he's got two knee, bra new bra <laughs> knee braces. And he, <laughs> he has to adjust them perfectly so he can oh, walk up. Stone cold yeah. and up there. Yeah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> da -da, da -da, da -da, just da -da. bone on bone, but not flinching all the way up. That's going to be with some stem cells, man. It's funny because sometimes I think that that would be a fun thing to like, you know, do a hike like that that's a bloop and you camp halfway and then hike back. Then I go, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Buddy, come on now. I've read the Diet Slav Pass. We did it. All right, we talked about it. I'm not doing that shit. Are you going to Kamar Debon? Is that how you say it? I don't yeah. really remember, but yeah. it was fucked. I remember. Are you going to do another one, Zell? You think you'll do another one? You're going to sign up next year? Your dad already planned the next one? You going Everest or what? <laughs> I, I did make that joke. There's two more mountains close by called Mount Odin and Mount Thor. Well, there you go. Oh, that's cool. But just as their names imply, they are much more mighty. <laughs> They're a little higher. They got glacier. They're much steeper. You would need... You need a little extra gear and a little extra skill, which I don't possess. You guys can go to Mount Weenie Hut Jr. What? <laughs> What's Mount Weenie Hut Jr.? That's a small Hutt one? Jr. I'll do that one. Well, I mean, that or good. you could go up a level, go to Mount Weenie Hut. <laughs> What's Mount Weenie Hut? Am I missing Never mind. It's a SpongeBob reference. Oh, okay. No. I was like, I'm missing the reference here. <laughs> Anyways, I got more stories for after hours, but let's get to the Fae Folk. Oh, the oft requested Fae Folk. <laughs> fake folk <laughs> uh, it's funny it's uh, honestly one of the funniest things to me was that looking into fake folk and then you go like man whoever the PR people for the fake folk was who managed to turn them from uh, children murderers into Disney characters des deserves a round of applause like just for first off because these things 
are terrifying and they should be. Uh, and somehow be- everyone's like, yeah, we love fairies. I'm like, no, you don't. Well, well, that's what I don't understand. Like, where did Faye come from? Like, to me, I was like, the first thing I meant, because they're fairies, right? Like, that's how we knew them growing up. They're fairies. Sure. But now we're calling them fae folk. So to me, it's like, I feel like there's a few dude fairies came kind of came together and it's like, it's not, it's not mermaids, it's mermen. All right. We're we're fae. We're not fairies. We're We're fairies. We're fae. Yeah. Come on, man. Get it right. Yeah. Uh, That would be a whole different discussion. We'd probably do a whole entire podcast on the etymology of the... The origin of the word fairy. Well, fucking scrap fae. everything that you studied yeah. so hard for, Dan. Yeah, we're talking me, that. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to do. I, that's why the I. Cro- I was like, I'm right. not going to do that because that'll take up a whole entire podcast, and we won't even get to the. Fun hey, man, stuff. I got all night. Let's do it. <laughs> um, uh, but probably the the person that you'd have the most to thank for the 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 turnaround on fairies, which have always kind of been like um, <laughs> a bit. <laughs> Do you have to say fake? Because if you keep calling fairies, I'll be laughing. Did you meant when you wrote that? Did you mean that in some sort of a turnaround on fairies? Yeah. (laughs) No, it doesn't. All right. All right. Sorry. Well, I don't. The thing about me is like I don't have the the baggage that you guys probably have with the word fairy. Like I don't. I've always considered fairy as like fantastical beasts, and I haven't had any of the the cultural stuff, the hey. kind of hangups that you guys. Whoa, whoa, what are you saying? That's too. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Tinkerbell's hilarious, mean? man. Nothing wrong with tearing around a fairy. No, there's not. <laughs> So the um, I, I'd probably say the person that has the biggest responsibility. The baggage. For, I love that you say baggage because you like Brain's dad call him a fucking fairy for sure. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Put on the sad filter because you know it's true. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Where is it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> He's right. No. <laughs> He's right. He's right. Cut to the. Right. I cut to the quick. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> What's I talking about? Uh, it's probably the you probably have to thank uh, J.M. Barry, who's the author of the uh, author and playwright of Peter Pan. I mean, that's probably what most people think of when they think of fairies. Oh, think of Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. You think of Tinkerbell. Like Tinkerbell is the original the f- kind of uh, that archetype for the, the or that we have she, today. She turned the, it around for the Fae folk. She did. She did. Yeah. She did. Uh, that entire like that entire lore right there, and and launching into which I actually found out that Peter Pan like that. When he wrote that play, it debuted on December 27th on my birthday <laughs> in like 1900. That was Does that make you a fairy? <laughs> Makes me fae. <laughs> what does that mean? He wrote it. I mean, like he finished it and submit. Like no, it, like it first debuted. Oh, it debuted. Uh, it was a on play, the day. like oh, okay. the play Peter Pan. Okay, uh, okay, debuted yeah. on December 27th, uh, like that Christmas season. Um, so now, so here's my question: Do you, sure. do you like? What happens with Christmas now? Do you like? Do you get half presents on Christmas and half presents on your birthday? Do you find that you maybe get like not as many presents because your birthday is so close I just, to Christmas? Uh, when I was Did- younger, it was usually you get either birthday or Christmas presents from family. Uh, you never get both. Worse. You get ripped but off. But here's the thing, though. Worse. The other thing is, though, but Dan, because Dan's an only child, it's not like he has a gauge to measure. Because like, if someone, if one of us had a birthday near Christmas, then you'd be like, "Well, I saw my brother's loot on his birthday." And you know what I mean? Like that. So Dan doesn't really have a, like, he doesn't have any There's the deal. benchmark. Dan, what you got to do is you got to encourage your parents to get divorced. Because they get two Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Hey, put, oh, hey, no. Dan, get them. Get them no, they get divorced and then one to convert to Judaism. So get then I get Dan, Dan, Christmas. Dan, and birth. I've heard All bad things. But then you get dreidels and shit. You don't get like. Dreidels are the fucking shit. You get stuff. No, Hanukkah, you get, it's eight nights of presents, dude. 
Could be any present. Okay. It doesn't have I mean, to be dreidel. Um, there's probably no. traditional presents. I mean, dreidels are game. Dreidel is a game. Like that's a that's a. Oh, it's basically I mean, a gambling. Yeah, but you get a regular <laughs> present. It might be a fucking you know a game. It'd be board a cool. Thing. What are you gonna pick? Switch. You get just. I mean, the dreidels aren't. Switch. You don't give dreidels as gifts. That's just like a holiday game that they play during. Oh, Hanukkah. I thought you got. The, I thought a dreidel was one of the gifts. No, you got. no, no, no. <laughs> like on the I mean, you might if, he, if you asked for one. My parents gave to me a dreidel. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, 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 that's how the song went. All right. That, that, that's how it went. <laughs> well, uh, that's why we but, celebrate Festivus. <laughs> like Festivus. prior to, prior to, and I guess like uh, BT before Tinkerbell, uh, a lot of, a lot of fairy folklore, fey folklore <laughs> is all kind of originates from oral histories. It's just kind of like this mishmash <laughs> of like uh, Cornish, Welsh, uh, Irish, uh, English, like belief systems all kind of meshed into one. And you know, a bit Greek too though, because weren't they, they like, Homer talked about them in the Iliad as well. Like there was nymphs and shit like that. Right. So like nymphs and, and these things, but um I, well, I mean, you could kind of say that like fae folk as like a, just an entire like genre of mystical creature, like you, you kind of have to be, I guess you have to be discerning on like where you put them and where you're categorizing. Because yes, you could say nymphs are a type of uh, fae folk, Fair. or you could say, you know, di from different cultures, there's, there's lots of other like creatures from mythology and lore that would fit with fae. Well, like, yeah, it seems like every, every want. culture has their own versions of the fae folk, but, and not this different names, but similar descriptions. And it kind of like, it, it's all around the globe and like all traditions goes back to like ancient cave paintings. Maybe, maybe not that far, but it's probably like, if we're talking about like the, like, I guess like we have to, it's like, you almost have to like, be like, okay, like what, what exactly, uh, you know, what does, what does fae folk, consist of like what are the descriptors of a we have to be kind of specific on like what kind of fey folk we're talking about um if we're talking about like just if you're talking about fey folk which is you know became fairy and then was usually used for for creatures of like you know unearthly beauty or things like that technically you could put angels in there like you could put angels as a type of fey like it, it's if you're just putting them in if you're putting them in as the uh perhaps like the the brownies or pixies or like the tiny little creatures you could call those technically you could call those seelies because that's another it's another term seelies yeah there's the seelie court and it's, the unseelie court there's two of them like, yeah the unseelies yeah the unseelies yeah. are the the, the ne'er-do-wells yes they are the, the yes. usually the the, the unsullied yeah. yes yes we don't fuck with the unseelies uh <laughs> dirty dirty fey folk those are uh, but yeah, and, and then the silly is, it's it, actually, that's the origin of the word uh, silly. It's kind of just like a, you know, a silly, mischievous silly. or tricksters. Like, yeah, it's kind of where that, that word comes from. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to kind of nail down exactly what fey folk like encompasses really. And um, I kind of, for this thing, when I did my research, I, I kind of constricted my, uh, I kind of constricted my research and kind of tried to narrow it down to specifically dealing with the United Kingdom and like Scotland and Ireland. Like I, that, all of that kind of folklore and stuff was most of it is Makes what my sense. research dealt with. Every single video I watched <laughs> on them was narrated by someone from the UK. Yeah, I mean that's. Like, I mean, literally. you can really say that a lot of the modern fairy folklore that we have, like, comes from England and those. And it's the it's that it's that weird melding of you know all of the multitude of cultures. You know, Neolithic well, I and mean, Iron there's Age. There's a lot all of, kind of there's a lot of like Native American like fey folk too, like the legend and stuff that you could maybe push into the fey folk genre. 
Well, yeah, like every culture has like a, a story of such. Yeah. And like in modern times, like, yeah, like fairy, like Tinkerbell is kind of thought of as like a, a happy, fun-loving cryptid, you should say, right? <clears throat> but there's also stories of like they abduct children and adults and they blight field, like crops and cattle. It's, they drink human a- blood. They're actually, in some some cases, very similar and maybe part of the same family tree as vampires. It's as Zels. Hmm, interesting. Vampires. As, as the Zellers. Run by the Zels. Uh, <laughs> it, it is interesting that, you know, we kind of bring that up that, you know, these cultures that separated, not really had a lot of contact, have similar kind of like, you know, fey tales of these kind of characters. Uh, when you say fey tales, do you mean fairy tales? No, I'm trying to <sighs> be the. Hey, we're hey. being. I don't know which which they prefer, <laughs> right? Fairy, fay. <laughs> I mean, you can say either. Have tales from now on. Have <laughs> tales. Okay, I get it. Safe yep. here. <laughs> I mean, you could use either. It's really like if it's you're going to talk about if you're going to talk about the the Shakespearean character of Oberon, the the king of the fairies. I think that would be a completely appropriate. Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> like name for him like it'd be fine and you still consider him a, a, a an extremely powerful being that you probably wouldn't want to piss off like it's, uh, but uh I, so you have this you have this wonderful you know a lot of people would say it's like a, a like a, a melding and like a, a, a this boiling pot of beliefs and systems and like zell said um like you could fit vampires in there with some of the tales of like the original, uh, if you go farther back, like kind of the farther back you get, the more strange the tales and the more kind of- uh, Dark. Uh, yeah, the darker the tales become that it's interactions with fairies aren't like they are today where it's, you know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna take you flying. Like they're going to take you perhaps somewhere and drain you of your blood and or dismember you uh, or you're going to die in some type of horrific way or you're going to be taken to a uh, land of undeath where you will reside for the rest of your days imprisoned and or cannot return to your <laughs> to your home. Uh, a lot of fairy, a lot of fairy lore deals with uh, regular mortals being taken to different lands or where these where these creatures reside and there's always talk about how time runs different there you can i mean technically Ooh, rip van winkle Dan, when like you rip say van winkle is, when you say time runs differently there do you te- maybe people come back with kind of a sensation of like lost time yeah because a lot of time mm. it's it's when the, it's like rip van winkle it's like you stay in a certain i don't place. know what rip van D- winkle has to do with anything <laughs> no he has lost time like when Does he goes he? <clears throat> yeah have you not who the fuck is rip van winkle <laughs> I like, that's funny. I know there's like the song, like, right? There's a song, right? So you guys don't know the story of Rip Van Winkle. I guess not. No. I guess not. I have no idea. Can we take a, that's interesting. Can you tell it, can you give a 30 second version of the story? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's pretty much like a staple (laughs) of American, American. I'm sorry. I I didn't know it was a super American. I guess it is really I totally know everything about Rip Van Winkle, but why don't you inform these two? Yeah, he's, he's got it. He for sure knows everything. Uh, Rip Van Winkle is a, it's a story from like the 17, 1800s where a, a, a man goes out, notorious Lacey, goes out one time, goes up into the mountains, follows the sound of thunder, finds a bunch of, I guess you could call them fae, and like these strange like dwarf creature people bowling. Um, he drinks with them, parties with them, he falls asleep, he comes back to his home where he left, and it's been like a hundred years since he left. But he's only, he has a big long beard and stuff like that, but he slept for a hundred years. Oh shit. And he came oh, back. Oh, I remember the story party. now. Now that you've said it, it sparks a, a little... Inkling in the back of my mind that I've heard this before. 
Yeah, it's Rip Van. It's story of Rip Van Winkle. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go. Let's go back to that because Andrew said like missing time, perhaps. So there's mm-hmm. a lot. Missing of, time is a common theme. And yeah. So there's a lot of, of parallels uh, in like. So if you take like the Fey folk of like, this like 15, 16, 1700s, like till say pre Roswell, and now like this, like the Greys, the abduction phenomena, them t- paralyzing you, taking out of your room, like abducting you onto a craft into a different world, right? Like the fae world, the fairy world, where time seems and, and, to stand and God, still. God damn, think when you didn't have technology like we do now, where it's like there are some parallels where you can understand some technology going on. You're just like, what? what, what you, there's no candles in here? <laughs> What's illuminating this? So it seems like, there, like there's a lot of parallels between the tales of fae folk and the tales of like alien abduction. Yep. Uh, it's been remarked on, I mean, it's been remarked on by other ufologists like for a long time uh, at least since um you know uh it's probably like jacques valle is probably the most famous one that he wrote in like a book at something 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 magonia can't remember the exact title right off the top of my head right now but uh steel he, magonias maybe <laughs> <laughs> um and he uh, he's famous for making that comparison that observation and there's other ufologists that have kind of uh drawn those connections as well um about the the origins of perhaps the fey folk being you know extraterrestrial that these are these are not not just uh traditional folklore that have been passed down from generation to generation to explain certain events or things like that but it's actually that these were interactions that humans were having with with extraterrestrials and they were just kind of putting them into stories. Uh, so trying to put it all together. So yeah, like oh, man. when you, you look ma- at it on the surface, a lot of it is, uh, it seems very similar to the abduction experience that people uh, mm-hmm. describe. Could you imagine that like small grays and tall grays, like that's only like UFOs that we've had to been dealing with. Like that's a species that are newly interested in earth. But like, imagine like in the 1600s, 1500s, that it was these things, like these fairies that people are describing, like that was their short grays. Like this was a, a civilization that was coming in and, you know, investigating earth at this time. It was, it, it wasn't the grays as we know it today, but it was totally different species, right? That's why people have these descriptions. Well, it's right? interesting the little leprechauns, we, they're always we like, they're wearing old timey outfits. It's like they were trying to fit in. Well, but like the interesting thing though is like we don't what do we we don't have fey folk encounters anymore, really. Like we yeah. don't hear about them, right? But what do we have? We have abduction stories. Yep. Yeah. So like that makes a lot of sense to me. It's like it, very interesting. interesting parallel, actually. I'd say so for sure. It's almost like they're evol- like they evolved with our evolution of technology, like like an imagination one step ahead of where we are. Like magic. That right? is a really good thought. Wow. Yeah. Because if you think like what was magic in 1600, the, let's say like the ability to start a fire with a lighter or like something like that we think is trivial, like something that everyday life maybe was not then. So they're one step ahead. So fairies to them are these creatures who can fly. They can float around on wings Whoa. and whatever, like, you know, one step ahead. And now like we have flying craft, we have energy propulsion. We have all this stuff. We've discovered the, all the like the laws of the physical world, and then the aliens come in, or the fey folk. Let's say they're now we call them the greys, the aliens. Fuck, they that's are a really good thought, dude. They're like, okay, they have flying craft. What's one step ahead of, of this? Oh, interdimensional or interstellar or into whatever type of craft. Some like something like similar, but so far it, ahead that it seems like magic. 
it's it's very interesting because now that you say that and you know we hear tales of fae folk flying and and fairies and what of various kinds and stuff i wonder if that's just like you know they levitated and it's like in order to figure like back in the day they were just like they must have had wings we couldn't see right yeah and then through oh. through hundreds of years of telephone that turned into they had they had wings because they flew right and we only birds fly we know birds fly birds have wings they had to have wings right like and and it, it's a it's a really interesting <laughs> parallel that i didn't think of before yeah, we started fucking recording. genius actually yeah boom mind blown yeah and so when you when you look back on a lot of the uh, the common motifs of a lot of alien abduction stories, you get the things that uh, yeah. If you go back into ancient fairy lore, the um, you know the incubi and the succubi, those those which are technically considered would be considered fae, like these creatures that came in and were obsessed with sex and things like this. You have abductions where people are getting probed or they're having their uh, you know reproductive organs sampled or taken. Oh, and, and then you. Like- to to push to push Zell's theory even further, like when you start to get into this, we start to cross into like the threshold of like, you know, it, from Fey folk and you know, uh, what were the what were the things with the good ones and the bad ones? Seely and unseely. Yeah, seely and unseely, right? And these ones that are pranks or whatever, you know, kind of helpful to humans, and then ones that are bad. You know, a lot of these parallels you start to look at like further on in human history, and you start to go like. Angels and demons, right? Like mm. demons, they're very involved in sex, right? Like you, this, you know, underbelly. They're they're the bad bad ones, and you know, angels are good. And then you know, extrapolate that to now. If you look at the, if we're if we're going strictly on UFOs, you know, we have the ones that like the tall grays that are supposedly here to assist, right? And they're um, they're benevolent, 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 benevolent. benevolent. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know the little grays that, or you know these other ones that are like, they're not. They're they're. I see. They're like for me left. though, I, the <laughs> difference for me though is like I I I like the the triangle the probes, thought as baby. far as as like angels and demons though because like along with angels and demons with the with the fey folk there's there's a set of guidelines. So if you do these things, you will encounter possibly good fey or nobody's going to bother you. But if you do, if you don't do these things, you're going to encounter, you know, the bad ones. Mm. Right. So that kind of fits the angels and demons narrative as far as like, they're almost like using the fey folk to kind of get you to fucking abide by a certain set of guidelines. Right. Like, Hey, don't step out of line because one of these fucking guys is coming to snatch your kids. So like superstitious, religious, you could yeah, say absolutely. a couple different but, versions of it. Rhymes. But if you think about it, if people, if, if it was, if it was kind of, well understood back in the 1500s that like people were taken, right? Like, you know, like David Polita says, people are taking the woods. If this is a thing where people are like, they're taking it, maybe people would start to grasp and like, well, why was it? Why were they taken? He must've done something bad, right? He wasn't yeah. being good, right? Cause Absolutely. this person punished. was taken, they're a good person. There must be punished for some. And I wonder if that's like just a thought of like trying to reason, like try to get a why out of the unexplainable, <clears throat> Back in the day, of you, you can't find the meter, so you're just like, he must have done something bad, and they're taking him because he's bad. Well, it's interesting to say that because that definitely fits into like a lot of like the the, the types of fey folk that we're going to talk about. That fits perfectly into a category and potentially why one of these like one of them actually fucking exists, right? Is a justification and a failure to cope with reality is why this fey you know exists. For Which fey are you talking about? 
the changelings, right? So like, I don't want to skip fucking super ahead, but like well, changelings. Fucking just get into it now. We naturally yeah. got to changelings. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, now we're on so, changelings. So yeah. changelings are basically like, what happens is, is a changeling, if I remember correctly, is, is the offspring of a fairy and an elf. You know, and they're usually pretty, they, they present quite sickly and small. And what happens is they have the ability to morph. So what will happen is the fairies, the fae will come in and they'll take your newborn child <sighs> and replace it with a clone. But this clone presents like your child, but it looks very sickly and weird. It might not act correctly, right? So <laughs> these people are assuming like, like they have this, this fucking baby and they're like, oh, you know what? It's sick and it doesn't look normal. It's not accurate. So it's obviously a changeling. So we got to get the fuck rid of it. It's not our child. Yeah. So we're going to take it to the woods and abandon it. You leave it on a hill. The fair- yeah, exactly, right? You so, leave but, it on like, a hill overnight and you come back the next day. If it's gone, it was a changeling. Or you put it on a on a spade, on a shovel, and put it over the fire. And if it's a fucking changeling, the fae, the fae will come and rescue it. That, that that's real shit. Yeah. But now it's like you and know when it, you look at it, it now, and it's if like it doesn't get rescued. You just burned your baby. No big deal. Well, exactly though. But like that's it. Like you're looking for excuses essentially for child abuse. Yeah. And like let's say your child's different. Like they, there's a lot of parallels between the, the changelings and unfortunately like cognitive. Uh, you know malformations and disabilities and mm. you know like right it's you're looking you're these people are searching for an excuse like why is my baby why was my baby born like this no. why it doesn't make any sense He's it's easier to believe that a fucking fairy yeah. came in and replaced what's, my child what's wrong with, with, a, with quasimodo like, over here <laughs> yeah but it, but it's easier it's more comforting thing yeah. it has nothing to do with me it has to do with these fucking fairies yes. that have broken into mm-hmm. my house and replaced my baby. Yeah, it's like a cope, almost like a coping mechanism. Well, it's a failure to cope, right? right. Like they can't cope with reality, so they make these exist up. Just like fairy hey, must when I die, switch I'm going my up baby to fucking, or curse I'm my going baby up to the sky, and everything's gonna be perfect. I'm gonna see all my relatives, and we're gonna have a great old fucking time. Like no, sorry, makes sense. No, makes sense. <laughs> now, didn't uh, didn't Carl Sagan have something to say about this? Uh, yeah, Carl Sagan said the same thing in his in his book, A Demon Haunted World, which is is pretty good, and people should read it. Um, uh, he says the kind of the same thing that I said before. That uh, it, to quote from the book, uh, most of the central elements of the alien abduction account are present, including sexually obsessive non-humans who live in the sky, walk through walls, communicate telepathically, and perform breeding experience on, experiments on human species. So, yeah, the the interbreeding between humans and fey folk that is a thing like we just said like um, changelings and uh like the telepathic communications like them speaking without words uh be, having the power to phase through walls and not being constrained by you know uh, the what you know earthly laws that we are um all of these things have always presented themselves throughout history so it's like and then at some point yes it's like it seems there is a shift maybe some type of cultural shift that made us uh present you know replace fairies and fae folk with aliens a lot of it with the but short grays uh, i mean you others. have these stories like an example of a story is like before is like so from uh there's a story from 1645 about a, a certain uh woman named Anne Jeffries who was allegedly uh called the fairy known as the fairy witch um an english printer named moses pitt actually wrote a letter to edward fowler who at the time uh of 1696 when the story came out uh it was the bishop of gloucester 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 i'm gonna get all these names wrong if dan if dan says it with a question mark i just i'm not gonna even try um and he told the case about this 
this woman named Anne Jeffries. So Anne apparently was a servant girl uh, for Pitt's family when he was younger. And uh, one day Distant she was family meeting- of Brad. What? No, the Brad. Yeah, descendant. Extended the family descendant of Brad. This year, you're correct, Zell. Yes. Um, and on one day, uh, Anne was knitting in the Pitts Garden, uh, which was situated in the village of St. Tith. And apparently, a group of six fairies dressed in green uh, paralyzed her, uh, which is, you know, again, mm-hmm. another common theme that you see in other alien abduction cases. And they uh, they took her. To uh, by some accounts, they took her to a different uh, fairy realm uh, where time kind of stood still at some point. And then when they Abducted brought her back, her. Uh, when they brought her back, uh, Anne apparently was seized with convulsions that left her for months. Like she had to be nursed back to health. She was bedridden essentially, and. After she uh, convalesced from this, uh, from these convulsions and from her experience, apparently she displayed a number of strange abilities that included things like uh, she had uh, some type of miraculous healing uh, ability, which she said that was practiced on when Mrs. Pitt apparently injured her leg pretty badly. This must be origins for Weapon X, man. Um, Apparently, she just kind of touched it, like she just laid her hands on Mrs. Pitt's leg and healed it, like instantly. And then she also had the ability to proclaim prophecy. It was said, in which that ended up kind of laying her a little bit. Did she have adamantium lace bones? Uh, not that we know of. Okay. Um, I mean, she, uh, there's no mention of her breaking any bones, so maybe she did. <laughs> we can assume she probably has animated. Every, it's, every it's story is taken from somewhere. If you haven't broken a bone, it can be assumed that you have animantium well, space bones. It, Super <laughs> depressing. I've broken a lot Or just of extreme 10,000 accelerated this, healing. What are the years? Like, when did when is this story 16, from? 1645 is when the story happened. And then the, the story was written out in 1696. Dude, because I'm going to say this. Gloucestershire. Like, when, you're, when you're saying this, like, oh, she... You just had Shire on the end of everything. She had, right. you know, she had these abilities. You know, she had... Like she was, you know, given prophecies and stuff. Part of me thinks I'm like, man, this kind of sounds like to me, like, you know, she's, she's working miracles. Right. And then it goes back to us, like talking about alien Jesus. It makes me wonder if this is, if this, that story, you know, the story of Jesus maybe comes from something like this. Someone was abducted. Are you trying to tell me that Jesus was a fairy? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he was a fae folk, man. Right. He wasn't human. Exhibits healing properties. He prophesies. Right. It's interesting. Have you got like? Did you guys do any reading on like the the fairy births? Basically, like when when children are born in the presence of fairies, they do have powers. So it could make sense why she got these powers. If she was, I mean, there's no. Maybe they laid dormant though. Maybe they laid dormant (laughs) in her, and they were they brought them out in her after the fact. Sure, they marked her at in some juncture, and then uh, and then they revisit her, just like a lot of people have. Flip the switch. Get visited again by UFOs. Yeah. They followed it up. Follow-up appointment. Follow-up appointment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, by all accounts, apparently, she went on to live a, a 
like a pretty normal life after after this fact. And then she kind of discounted a lot of this. Like later in life, I think um, I think Pitt said that he got in contact with her uh, later in her life, and she didn't really like to talk about her experiences. That, that the whole thing because well, she um, was worried about being burned at the stake. Well, yeah, she almost no was burned at the stake. She yeah, was actually yes. like she had a there were a bit of tr- she fell in a bit of hot water with a, with like the local clergy and also like a couple of the other <laughs> like bet. mayors of the few towns around there. Um, you know, you can't in the 1600s you can't go around proclaiming prophecy because prophecy Listen, is a, is a sin. Technically it's a sin. You can't go around being a woman having an opinion and talking about stuff. Yeah, but like here she has actual like literally like your whole book is based on miracles. She's able to fucking do them and you're going to burn her at the stake? Yes. Like, how does that make any sense? <laughs> how do you know yes. that she's not fucking God's daughter? <laughs> Nuh-uh. Right? Like you it's don't 1600s, know. 1600s, man. <laughs> Yeah, this is 1600s. God only works his ways through uh, through males, men, through <laughs> white men with fucking yeah. beards, through the patriarchy that are supposedly yeah. from the yeah. Middle well, East. Yeah, white yeah. men, white men from the Middle East. East in yeah. Yeah, years come on, zero. <laughs> yeah, brown fuck, hair, man. blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. But but talking about yeah, if you're if you're gonna draw comparisons to the Bible, like uh, it's like, funny. You go to Zell's house; he's got a picture of blonde haired, blue eyed Jesus. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, there was a book written Relative. in 1682 were uh, titled The Secret Commonwealth of Elves, Fawns, and Fairies. And it was written by a folklorist by the name of Robert Kirk, who's pretty kind of pretty famous. Robert Kirkman? Robert Kirk. And um, he made the argument that fairies are actually uh, the dead, or they're a type of like a nature betwixt man and angels. So uh, if you go back in the Bible, you think... Naturally, you're going to be like, oh, Nephilim. Like, you're, that's mm. what you're going to come on, hybrid. that concept. Uh, mm. A hybrid, some type of hybrid creature, a thing like that. But you have another idea that was popularized in um, in Celtic lore from 1887. Uh, Lady Jane Wilde popularized the belief that fairies are actually the fallen angels who are cast down by God out of heaven you know uh, what? for their that's pride. Just, hey, that is just more proof that God hates short people. <laughs> It's right fucking there. <laughs> Too short, get rid of them. Yeah, Cast right. Like that's it. Yeah, it's absolutely. You got to be this Rusty's, this tall. He's down there. This yeah, tall well, to ride the ride. Hair and blue eyes, and he's under fucking five eight. Hey, well, see <laughs> when you hit the when you hit the pearly gates, what Saint Joseph? Who's there monitoring them? Just ha- he, hands actually, out like yeah, this. There's a, there's a little, it's like little fucking ride. Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah There's a little ride. You must be this tall. <laughs> so uh, no one pre nineteen twenty got to go to heaven. Short. The only people that hate short people more than God is fucking chicks on Tinder. <laughs> to just fucking swipe and left, dude. It's <laughs> <was> awful. <laughs> yeah. Swipe and smite. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. Unreal. Um, and you're, yeah, so... I, yeah, we make the short jokes and, and, and stuff like that, but it, it, it's kind of like, it's never really... There, there are discrepancies in there where if you kind of go into the folklore, it's like fairies are never, never described to be either like short or tall. Like in some places, it's like that the the fae folk, the fair folk, they are possessed of some ethereal beauty, like otherworldly beauty. And these other creatures that you think of as fairies, the little tiny, uh, the, the brownies and the pixies and all of those ones are a different. These are more embodiments of the spirits of nature, of those like on earth, like earthly spirits. Those are something else. They're different manifestations, holy from uh, from fey folk. So it's kind of like it, it, there is <laughs> there is discrepancies in, in these comparisons of, of, of what we do. Um, 
And, but it's, I mean, it's interesting that, that, like I said, the, the evolution that fairy lore has taken over, you know, millennium, uh, that it is, it is a, a melding of both like almost Neolithic, perhaps like Neolithic, like, uh, Zell said, the, uh, cave paintings and, uh, going into Celtic and Gaelic lore, uh, those people that, that lived there, pre, like pre-Roman civilization came, came in there and colonization. And then the entire, like, uh, you know, when Christians came in and then you had to, you had a different lens at which to look at. And like Braden said, the, the evolution of people's views of how they're trying to reconcile their world and the things that happen mm. within it and you have this different uh you know they put put different kind of dressings on fairy lore that they're not they're no more like spirits they're not uh they're not spirits they're angels mm. and, and it's like <laughs> there's something they are demons so it's a it's a fun little dig through to to go through this but um we do have to talk about uh one one race and from uh ancient I guess right. Irish lore, okay. and uh, that well, they thought, are they are big players. I thought Dan in... was going to talk about a different race, but <laughs> um, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, Dan! Yeah, we gotta leave the people on a cliffhanger. Our beers are empty. Gosh, sure. take a short break, and we'll be right back. So if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about Fae folk, and if you if you dip into the whole, uh, especially like people kind of talking about relating them to how they present as compared to say extraterrestrials you're going to come across the the theory of the of the of, well i perhaps pseudo mythical race known as the tuatha de danann uh who are a race of godlike people i heard that they actually prefer to go like by the short name the twats <laughs> i think i heard though. that too actually <laughs> i think so too uh, I think it's usually you go, they go by twats. Twats, yeah. Okay. Danan yes. is usually like you call them oh, the Danan because it's like so the, pe- the they are the people the of Danan. It's like the people of Danan. Like oh, okay. Um, oh. So th- there apparently is a, a a book that was compiled in 1150 uh, by uh, one author named Labor Gibala Erin. Uh, it's called the Book of Invasions, and then in a poem they write. Uh, that these Tuatha Te Danann, who were a, 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 apparently, like, they are described as a people that came across from across the sea, from the ocean, and they were gifted with a number of supernatural powers. Um, and then uh, when they invaded and ruled Ireland for some over 4,000 years ago, according to some of these literature, uh, that they when they arrived here first, they arrived here in these flying ships that were surrounded oh. by dark clouds that blotted out the sun. Um and they're also they're also kind of described as as uh, in in terms of like their physical features. They are described as having uh, they're 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 being very tall and they're having red or blonde hair with blue or green eyes and a, a pale. Uh, they present like a pale skin, uh, which which is very different from the what the the physical appearance of the of the native uh, Irish at those times, which were kind of most people would describe as like short and dark. <laughs> like it's like those are the people that would have uh, uh, been there. We got one right here uh, on the stream. Got half of one right here, buddy. And so, I'm a twat. Uh, I, yeah. So if you if yeah, you compare, I would to, definitely refer to you as a twat. So. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> uh, if you compare this to a lot of other places, like yes, prefer, uh, presenting you know blonde, blue-haired uh, aliens. I mean, uh, people are probably going to 
think originally, like they come from the north uh, over the oceans, you know, Nordic aliens or something, something to that effect. Um, it made me think of when we talked about the Otsurobune uh, uh, UFO. In Japan, yeah. and that mm. there was having like a fair skinned, uh, I think, but she, I think she had lighter, a darker hair, but it was like a fair skinned human. I thought red hair. Uh, uh, was it red? It might, yeah, you know what? Yeah, might have been red hair, uh, but that also is something, uh, yeah, another similarity that you can kind of mark down uh, from another story involving UFOs. And um, another kind of thing that UFOlogists and kind of uh, probably those on the, the ancient astronaut. Uh, kick will kind of uh, what they'll remark on is that the Danan apparently are uh, well known within folklore for bringing types of you know she special had red, relics. Sorry, red hair. She did have. She did have red hair, okay. and it was right. elongated by white extensions. Yeah, oh, that's even yeah. okay. <laughs> so even more similarities now. Mm. Mm. And um, so the Danan were known to have bring bring brought with them uh, four uh, magical talismans of great power. Uh, one of the first ones being, a, it was known as the Sword of Light. And this one apparently was is wielded very much like a, which you would describe like a, a, a lightsaber. Like it is a some type of weapon like made of light, able to cleave anything in half. Uh, you know, it, it presented as when it was drawn from its scabbard as a glowing white torch. And so it's it's very something that, you know, you wouldn't be able to explain then, of course, like, you know, it's just a sword made of light. But now we've uh, advanced so much and, you know, in our scientific progress, you could probably put it as a lightsaber or something. And George of- Lucas stole this. <laughs> or it's, or it could be uh, the sword of justice from Diablo. Or yes. uh, Beric Dondarrion's sword. Or yeah. a beam saber from Gundam. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everything gets the reference or, from this original blade. Or some people from the future, from around our time, they had those little expandable, you know, the plastic where you and you turn the light on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the poor uh, man's lightsaber, whatever those were yeah. called. Uh, another relic was a... Was a a second weapon of some type. It was uh, known as a Lug spear. Um, and this spear was, it presented itself as a long fiery lance, which had, was described as having sparks as big as eggs flew off of it. And that it actually like projected heat and flames from the tip. And then uh, like uh, the warrior would hold it and it would just, it wouldn't burn him. Like it could be engulfed in flame and it wouldn't burn uh, the person who was wielding it. It's like a flamethrower. Something like that. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad uh, description of it. And apparently, you could like you could dip the spearhead in a in some type of cauldron of mysterious liquid on a propane uh, tank. That's what it was. Uh, one of the other ones was this, there's a, there's another mysterious relic that not a lot is known about, but it's I guess it's mentioned a, a couple of times in the De Danan uh, folklore. But there's one called Dagda's Cauldron, uh, which is also apparently known by the the name the Cauldron of Plenty, and it was thought to actually have the power to bring the dead back to life. Bring Defibulator. back the dead. <laughs> Defibrillator. <laughs> couple battles. Well, I think if you think about charge. it, could you imagine back in the day? It's more of like a Lazarus cauldron. Could you imagine someone goes down? I like right? the reference. Some people brings out this thing, pulls two wires and just like, boop, clear. <laughs> Another shot. And the thing's talking, he's like, stand back, charge. Yeah, or it could have been, been some type of... And this person <laughs> comes back to life, they'd be like, what is that magic box? You yeah, but I'll be honest, like, let's, like the odds. Come on. 
<laughs> probably it could have been some like advanced form of alchemy. It could have been something like 30% that. 30% uh, at best. <laughs> um, and then the, one of the, the final one was known as, uh, I guess it's Leah File. Uh, which is known as the Stone of Destiny or the Coronation Stone. And legends say that it, it's what would happen is that its, it's sound uh, would be carried across the land and would confirm the coronation of the High King of Ireland. And that it could, you, you could hear it everywhere as soon as it sounded off. Like it, it would carry across and everybody would know that it was. I, uh, I no. tell you. The the way Zell used to drink good host iced tea, I'm surprised he hasn't pissed out a couple of stones of destiny. <laughs> you would hear him shrieking across the land too. Man, the, oh, but he'd have a whole infinity gauntlet by now. Yeah. <laughs> they, the stone the stone of destiny is very similar to the pick of destiny, and whoever wields the stone instead of being an epic guitar player is an epic singer. They hold it in their pocket as they're singing. So they hold it in their kidney. <laughs> I mean, maybe you found a piece of it because apparently uh, there's another, I think it's, it's Cuculain, Cuculain, the, uh, one of the uh, Irish folk heroes apparently broke it in half and that pieces of it are, are kind of spread throughout Ireland. Some people say one is like buried in a river somewhere, other half is somewhere else. So maybe, I don't know. One Epic was forged Rockstar. into the pick of Dex- destiny. Yeah, one was forged in the pick of destiny. <laughs> you got to, you have to coronate the, uh, the king of high rock, right? Or the high king of rock, right? Uh this this checks out, I think, actually. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you think about the like the story, like you have to sell like a lot of there's a lot of parallels between like those old the like fairy tales and stuff of like and you know, crossroad demons selling your soul, you know, making a trade. Robert Johnson. Right. And it, so it's like it's you know, it does a lot of these stories have parallels to like stories we tell now. And so when the when the Danan uh, when their rule finally ended, it was ended uh, apparently across two battles or after two battles with uh, the people known as the Milis- the Milesians, uh, which most historians uh, agree or tend to agree that they were actually the probably the first Gales in Ireland. And as legend has it, it was agreed that the that these that the Gales or the Milesians would take. Um, would take half of Ireland and the Danan would take the other half. But when you think of half of Ireland, they were thinking like top half and bottom half because the Danan would take the half that lay below ground and the Milesians would take the ones above. So or was below ground a metaphor for a parallel hell. universe? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it could be the underworld or something like that. Like it's a, a lot of... A lot of control of the spiritual. spiritual. I think world. we talked. We talked about at least a couple of landmarks where it's it's thought that these that there are famous landmarks in in UK, Ireland, Scotland, everywhere. Any of those hills uh, are all entrances, uh, fairy hills that are entrances to the to the underworld or the fairy realms. And so you know this is you know indication that perhaps that these places once have been portals of some type and. Uh, that they would lead you to this other worlds that they opened and maybe they moved, used to move between worlds and now not so much, but, um, you know, it fell off. But it's, it's interesting. So it's like, it's not, it's, <laughs> so you find these, these types of stories of, uh, of fae and folklore. So uh, some, some historians will kind of uh, say that the Tuatha de Danan were actually, you know, they were the forebears of the fae folk that eventually when they were, you know, take to the underworld with their otherworldly powers and masteries of magic and all of that, like these sound very similar to the abilities that you would ascribe to fairies and folk from, 
uh, a lot of the folklore across uh, the UK and Scotland and Ireland. Like, <laughs> and probably one of the most famous things that is presented as actual. I mean, we we don't have a lot of physical proof that there there is fairies. We have perhaps you know people will say, oh, there's fairy rings and there's things like this. Yes, there are, there are those, and maybe those could be attributed to fairies. Who knows? But in terms of physical proof, we don't have much. And even the, the folklore that we do have today, a lot of that comes from the 1900s and like the like early 1900s and probably around the times of like the the like the the. Uh, the revi- the revitalization of spiritualism in in the UK and the and the United States like around like you know prior just prior and after World War One a lot of the stories about fairies and fae folk had had never been recorded until then like until the 1900s nobody was really putting stuff in books and then once it was uh, just word of it, mouth it was just word of mouth so right? a lot and of like the- if you think about telephone think about that for a second like these are hun- stories that have been around for hundreds of years. That have just been words of mouth. That's why I'm saying that these parallels between like UFO abductions and stuff kind of make more sense to me that these, you know, like, yeah, you oh, think these beings there would be a description of a craft though. Hmm? You think there'd be some sort of, like in, in these stories, there would be some sort of craft. We just heard one, man. They came, they, they came, they, they blocked out the sun with black clouds. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, usually, yeah, usually, if you if you wanted to to look, if you wanted to reach for that connection, like you could probably say that, yeah, the the, the flying ships that the Tuatha Dé Danann uh, presented, like those, could be categorized as UFOs, or even sometimes they talk about uh, like fairy kingdoms that are in the sky, like they put, they say that they're uh, up there in the clouds, uh, cloud kingdoms. Uh, you could kind of say that those are, I guess, those would perhaps call it ca- some type of castle in the sky would qualify as a UFO. <laughs> of some type. Uh, but like I was saying, in terms of physical proof, we didn't really get anything that was like, it could probably be considered that until probably um, you had 1917, you had the, what are known as the Cottingly fairies appear. And this was, um, I, most people, if you if you Google fairies, like these are the photos that are going to pop up. You're going to come across a series of five photographs that were taken by Elsie White and Francis Griffiths, who were two cousins who lived in Cottingly near Bradford in England in 1917. And so these five photos depict um, uh, these girls and then also the the images of what are the, what, you would instantly recognize today uh, as as fairies or pixies, I suppose, um, so in some places. Uh, these little winged humanoid figures that are, you know, cavorting around and being caught on film uh, w- with the girls or with the girls or by themselves. Um, and and these these pictures made a pretty big splash. Like you even had people like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, you know, author of, of Sherlock Holmes, who actually used the photos to illustrate an article on fairies that he wrote uh, for uh, for a magazine, known as the, the Strand Magazine, in 1920. Um, and Doyle even thought he he interpreted these as visible evidence of some type of psychic phenomena that these were actually a manifestation of something. Uh, that whether they were real or not, uh, there was actually, I mean, there was a pretty big divide of whether, but some people said that these are, these were real photos. And, and for a long time, um, you know, the girls maintained that this, these were actual photos of fairies. Like these were, these were fairy creatures that they found near their home that they interacted with. Uh, and if you go further into the story, um, it, like they tracked down Elsie and Francis in the 1980s. And like it, it, the story like maintained, it was always in the kind of like, um, 
it, it was always kind of in the public eye, you know, in the back. Like it has always been kind of a mystery, and it maintained that uh, that presence until the 1980s, where Elsie and Francis apparently admitted that the, the photographs, at least most of them, or you know, four of them, were fake, and that what they used were they said were cardboard cutouts of fairies uh, from. But Ooh. but but Francis, Did they Francis send it to actually, Kodak? <laughs> Francis maintained that the fifth photo was genuine. And then she's wait, quoted wait, wait. as so saying these that, four are fake. But this, but one's this one <laughs> This one's red. Well, which said, one was shot first? Like was the other one This is worth, the fifth and final photo. I mean the fifth so and the, final the, photo. So the fifth and final one was shot last. So it's like they faked the first ones and then they were like, Well oh, here's shit, what we she said. One. She she's she's quoted as saying that I've told you that they're photographs of figments of our imagination and that's what I'm sticking to. So that she was saying that it you know it sounds like or implying that these pictures are actually whether they are actual fairies or men psychic manifestations that they brought into existence and then they were able to photograph i mean oh, so you you summon them and then take a picture that's what it sounds like that's what she, that's the point she seems to be making that quote at least <laughs> right but we can get into some like crazy you know deep thinking there of like well you know if you have if you, you know, conscious thought has a power, right? We've talked about it many times before that if like, if these girls are willing something like maybe, maybe they caught something, maybe the camera, flew. did they take a picture through a mirror? <laughs> so you're saying like their consciousness projected what they, to them is real. Yeah. And then they take a picture of it. But because it's only real to them, the picture doesn't show anything. No, the yeah, picture they, did show things. They, they did fuck, show something. Well, it, the picture shows what it. they cut out of fucking cardboard. No, the first four. Yeah. <laughs> the, third, the fifth one. Okay. It's real. Fourth or fi- four or fake, the fifth one's good. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, to unfortunately, like, I would have to lean towards the, like, hey, listen, if you faked any and you're admitting some are fake, they're all fake. You've lost all credibility instantly. That's a tough call there. Sorry. Why would you admit... Like I, I could imagine, I could imagine like the frustration of being like, "Yeah, let's fake this," and then you actually get something. You're like, "Wow, hold up, we got, a, we wow. got some." What if they're worried and you're like, about? We, listen, we were faking this, but then we got a real. Sorry, even if you did get an amazing one, all your credibility is lost instantly. No one's gonna. What if they got shit. like? What if? What if these fairies are like Dan was saying at the story about fucking? They're mischievous. And fucking Stiltskin <laughs> came up and. Oh, Rumpel Stiltskin, you know, technically. If, uh, yeah, fake. Rumpel Stiltskin came That's back and was like, listen, yo, you guys got my pictures. You need to tell them that they're fake. Or, or they were like, or these things are mischievous. So they're like, they know they're faking them. And they're like, ha. One pops up and is like, ha, bitch. Ooh, I like that. Right? And it's like, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Yeah. Huh? Ooh, tell everyone you got sucks, a picture sucks. of me. Yeah, I fucking- was going to believe you. Yeah, no Mish. one's going to no believe, believe you. Peace. <laughs> I mean, they that's are mischievous. So that's their usually their <laughs> their mo. So maybe that was just something entertaining to them to be like, nobody's gonna believe you. Peace. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, it's like the the existence of fairies and and fae folk has always been kind of a. Uh, I mean, they, they've permeated. Pop culture and and just cultural or like at least Western culture like throughout and throughout like they're popularized. I, I could tell you like the most of the descriptions that you would find of uh, fairies and things like that. You'll find all of that stuff in a Dungeons and Dragons manual. Like you'll find them in fantasy games. They, ha- they had to get it from somewhere. Like, 
Yeah, it's all of those things are all, um, you know, right down to their to their usually storied weaknesses to to certain metals like iron. Like iron's always said to be one of their weaknesses. And, yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, which is is always strange. And then or silver, like you know, silver works against vampires and werewolves apparently. Um, and um, and and there's some there's some debate as to whether like what what that is like a, did it or originate from a uh, from a, like there's there's a poem like or one of the earliest poems that mentions that that's just it just had a fact that it was iron sometimes it has to be qualified yeah, it's like fey, it's it's got its own like it's fey iron well call, it's, right? it, yeah there's there's a distinction that some people make that say oh it has to be cold iron it has to be iron that was forged without flame or shaped without flame and that's um, what they call fey iron right or um, but also people say it's like oh no even predating that, that you had um, usually the belief and, and uh, witches and demons could be kept out by iron horseshoes like that that predates the the, the fairy is that why they're uh, lucky <laughs> I would yeah I guess so or there's there's actually parts in the Bible where it said that like there's parts in the Bible where it, it kind of classifies the iron as something that you shouldn't use or it is a it tends to repel the divine or you know what my favorite uh, part of this is is that the Bible fits in perfectly with all these other fucking crazy fey stories yeah it's another imaginary story but weird bullshit no but I'm saying like, like I'm I'm saying that the like the idea for iron like iron being some type of a uh, like being a being a way is to repel the the supernatural, the preternatural is is an idea that could have possibly came from the Bible, which we've seen that had it may have may or may not have had some influence on the current uh, fairy folklore. Is that um, there are parts in the Bible where it mentions that you shouldn't use iron tools when working on temples, like when you when you're especially there's like a special. Uh, passage where they talk about the the construction of the Temple of Solomon, and they said that specifically you should not use iron uh, when you're. What if they still the abide stones. by that when they build megatrees? Why? <laughs> Why? Because if you if you use iron, then you're going to keep God away. Is that the thing? That's Satan's metal, Braden. <laughs> uh, it, it's not really. No, it's just saying that that is perhaps something that would you know that's a reason that it is. It's not your really gone into in in those parts of the Bible. It just says that, you know, it forbids using every fucking building in the world is a God repellent then. (laughs) Every nail, every fastener. Well, it's because that's what they use to fasten the guy to the fucking cross. After that, they're like, don't use it anymore. (laughs) Every house, man. So you're in trouble. Like, God, no, you're safe. God's not getting in. Well, I guess if you're trying, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're trying to repel it repels the evil spirits, like then yes, if it's iron, then iron's everywhere almost. Like, <laughs> well, you said it was to repel the divine, though. Well, divine or preternatural. So, so just er- like, anything. Yeah. So your house is neutral. Then you're good. Well, I mean, tech, well, I mean, yeah. Well, it'd be like, yeah, it would be repelling. You know, if you have iron anywhere in your house, like you would repel anything that is divine or preternatural. So that would technically, and if you go by the one definition that we said that fey folk are cast down angels, right. then it's still they're still technically divine. Like they're not. You don't take that away. It's they are just. You know, they are cast. They're down just short, heaven. okay, <laughs> guys. It's not that terrible. Uh-huh. Maybe some of them have a few receding hairlines too. It's not that not bad. Big deal. Yeah. They can still be loved. Right? They're worth something. <laughs> they still deserve swear. love. <laughs> Even if they're... Uh, uh, starting to sound like a Randy Newman song. Short people <laughs> got no reason. <laughs> no reason to love him. No, no short reason people to live. got no reason to live. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Um, so there, there is the idea that, um, that 
there was like there was a whole big line of debates uh, during like the Victorian era about uh, the origins of fairies, like fairy folklore, and that whether it was um, some argued that it was a it, what is known as polygenesis, that it was a, a number of like I was kind of saying before, and I think most historians kind of uh, lean towards this side, saying that you know these were all stories that were told by different tribes of people um, in you know, different cultures, and then eventually they meshed all together to create these amalgamations of cultural and spiritual and moral beliefs, and then you get what we have today. Um, um, and then on the other side, you had the uh, uh, those who argued for monogenesis, that it was a one story, that it was one story that was told and then throughout the migration, the natural migrations of people, like from, you know, different areas to different whatever, that same story got told over and over. So like to Braden's point, like a, a game of telephone. So one person told a story or saw something and then it just propagated, uh, you know, across all the cultures and things like that. And so it's it's usually... That was the big debate back then. And I, I, I think now that the, the general consensus is that we do have a lot of just normal stories. Even though you do have, you do have a number of mythological creatures that fit the bill for, you know, the 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 Cornish or the Welsh or the the UK, British, uh, Irish, Scottish folklore uh depictions of fairies and and whatnot. I mean, you have the uh, you have the the Chinese Huli Jing or the Kitsune in, in J- Japan, like the the fox demons, which are also fox fairies, shape shifting tricksters that uh, cause mischief and uh, seduce and or you know kill humans. <laughs> you have uh, you have the Malaysian Pari Pari. Um, which are kind of also similar to the Peris, which are found in Persian mythology, uh, which apparently are descended from. Like we said, angels, they're actually descended from spirits which have been denied paradise until they reach their penance uh, here on earth. Uh, or you have the the mythological, uh, you have the yaksha, which are creatures that are usually characterized as having like two different personalities. There's like a front face and a back face. And these ones <laughs> are found in Hindu and Hindu and Buddhist mythology, which are kind of two, same, two sides of the same coin, I suppose. Um, and that they are they are also shape shifting creatures. They have that ability and powerful in their own rights. Uh, and then even even as far as places like Oceania, like in Hawaii, you have the the tales of the Menehune, which are a mythological race of dwarf people that live in, um, according to Hawaiian tradition, they live in the deep in forests and the hidden valleys. <laughs> And which one is, lives in West Kelowna. <laughs> which is interesting about them though, too, because like when you read the description of them, they're they're fair-skinned and fair-haired, right? So it makes you wonder if like maybe somehow these stories of the Fey folk traveled from Europe and got all the way to potentially Hawaii, right? Right. Because why would Similar. they like, you know, like you you'd think that they would kind of like picture them like themselves, which would have been, you know, darker skin, black hair, tattoo, or whatever, right? Yeah, you'd use your, like your cultural norms, project that onto you the. Think. Yeah, but there's one thing also that we haven't really touched on that all, or I can't say for sure, but most cultures around the world have dabbled in for thousands of years, and that is the use of psychedelics. Mm. Right. Speak to me. So one of the one of the main theories about like the, the folk, metal dwarfs, the, the machine elves, machine elves. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm just saying like the one thing. The one theory that I found super interesting with fey folk is there's like the theory that these fey folk live in like a parallel dimension and that certain conditions will allow them to cross over or you cross there. And the one that seems to transcend all cultures is the use of psychedelics. 
So the, the mushrooms kind of thin the veil. So like whatever, it's, well, I'm just saying like, so when I talked about cave paintings earlier, like cave paintings from 50,000 years ago in like um, what we call Australia today, to pick, to, like, to pick these like hybrid animals, humans, like entities, like fey folk, but also on, drawn on the caves are like little mushrooms. And that's, oh, that's similar around the world. So, and when people, like, so people do DMT. I've never done it. I've just read the stories, listened to the podcast, read the Reddits. People see similar things. It always seems like a, like a kind of like a feminine energy, peace, love, and this. Always like a being, like a God, the feeling of floating or like transcending time. So, the, like, I love the theory that fey folk a people that live like parallel to us and through certain ways that they can come across and certain ways we can go across, but we can never really truly coexist. So what I found super interesting is the association between psychedelics and seeing these creatures very similar all around the world with no real contact. And then people recording it through art stories. And like, I think that all that, all the talk of like psychedelics has kind of been forgotten because psychedelics in modern times is like, that's, no, no, that's a no, no. There's no research for years and years and years. Hey, listen, we're making fucking giant leaps with them nowadays though. Let's be honest. We're starting to yeah. well, like as a mass, like mass population, I would say the majority of the population is absolutely cut off from psychedelics. hundred percent. But in the last few years, you're starting to get experiments done. So at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, they did a study with 2,500 people on DMT. And what the consensus was after interviewing these people pre and post- <laughs> They got fucked up. <laughs> respondents Fae reported the primary senses involved in the encounter were visual and extrasensory. Example, telepathic. The most common descriptive labels for the entity or the encounter were being guide, spirit, alien, and helper. 41% repu- uh, reported fear during the counter. The most prominent emotions both in the- you say 41%? Yeah, both in the respondent so and attribute- Both, the, both in the respondent it. and attributed to the entity were love, kindness, and joy. Most respondents endorsed that the entity had the attributes of being conscious, intelligent, benevolent, existed in some real but different dimension of reality, and continued to exist after the encounter. That's what the conclusion so was. So they still got their fairy- the fairy's still there. The fae folk are there. It's still there. You met, What about those people that had bad trips? That forty percent. They still have bad trips forever. Well, that, that's well. I hear. Mean, listen, forever, if you've no. ever if you've done or ever done psychedelics, sometimes they turn on you, and you don't get a choice. I've had a couple bad trips, and when you have them, it's it's uh. You're in the unsealy court. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it, uh, it's not fun. These numbers. The, these numbers represent like this. All the different versions of fae folks. Some are seem to be vampires, and they're dark, yeah. and they're terrible. Some yeah. seem to be like fairies, and they're helpful, and they're guides, and they're your spirit, or your guardian angel, or whatever. So this is like the really first like mass psychedelic experiment done in like modern times, with the conclusion being that paragraph, which I thought was pretty wild. Yeah, that is very interesting. It's like that back then is like maybe these stories are coming from people who have done psychedelics, right? Of magic mushrooms or or, or whatever. The gateway ayahuasca. You open yeah, the gate. Ayahuasca like, is like a very yeah very. And they're and they're passing these stories on of just like holy holy shit. 
I, I, you know I, I ventured seen? to the other world. Like I seen the, yeah. the Fey realm. I lost a lot of time. What day is it? <laughs> well, well, this the same thing with like people who DM do DMT. Some of the stories are like I felt like I lived lifetimes. When I yeah, came back, well, it was five minutes. Or, or think about even your salvia trip, right? Like I, I was, I was concerned, and you were gone for minutes, twenty seconds, yeah, twenty seconds. And how long did it feel for you? I don't know, hours, if not longer. Like he. Ryan was so shook that it actually, it's the one time, normally, normally if we're like when we were younger, if we're doing drugs or whatever, I was like, if the consensus was we're doing them, I was doing them too. And Ryan freaked me out so bad from his trip <laughs> that when we walked inside and he, he grabbed me by both shoulders and he says, he like looked at me and he had like watery eyes. Like he was about to tear up and he goes, Please tell me this is real. Is this all real now? Am I bad? Holy is this real? Fuck. And I go, that's Dude, terrifying. I, like, man. I looked at him in the eye and said, "Man, you're okay. Everything. I was. I'm not gonna let anything happen to you." And, and he like almost was in tears. And he goes, "Okay, this is all real though, right?" And I'm like, "Yes." And he, the concern and the fear in his face. I went, "Well, I'm not fucking doing that." Fuck that. No. I why would you ever? Oh, yeah. Oh my God. But, that but the crazy thing right. is, after five or ten minutes, it's like that didn't happen. Yeah. He's back. And you're like, what? So that's what I'm saying. So but like the watching him, watching his mentality when he did it, he hit it, and then it was just like, I went to a different and dimension. Back, and then he's like, "Where am I? Yeah, you, Where am I?" And you're like, you're, "You're sitting on the yard, man. It's been like 20 seconds." You're like, ah, ah, "I'm okay." And you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what happened?" Like, I don't want to go wherever you went. It was, uh, so that's what I mean. I found that yeah. theory interesting, like psychedelics yeah. across cultures kind of giving a similar experience. Yeah. No, it's, it makes it lines up. Maybe that just unlocks like the ability to just puts you on their level or something. Yeah. Right. Or it just uh, thins the veil, as you like to say, right? Thins the veil. Uh, and it just allows you to communicate with these other dimensions, right? Like this is a plane. Like maybe you communicate with beings on a plane that are doing psychedelics in the same way we're doing psychedelics oh. on their on their level. That's right? like this, that's the common denominator, and that's why you can see denominator. Them. Yeah, it's like it. This is just unlocking this uh, communication gateway. So it's like, you know, like that's why you will meet ones that have ill intent because they do. Maybe they do, right? And they're just doing the same thing you do, right? Like. Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine another being meeting up with Joe Brown? Hi, like, like, oh, is this, this guy's insane. Like, I want nothing to do with him. They meet the forty-one percent. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Dark trips on our side. Like, Woo! Have you seen these bipedal apes, <laughs> the hairless apes? Right? They're instead of the machine dwarfs, it's like they're talking about the hairless apes. They're like, oh god, those things are crazy. Some have hair. Some don't have any hair. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Some are friendly and and nice, and others just attack you. They just slash you randomly on the street. Yeah, it's wild. But anyway, the it, a lot of interesting parallels with FAFO, can with UFOs, uh, abduction stories. That was the most fascinating thing to me was that you see these things and you're like, well, a lot of these descriptions, you know, you. 
change out some of the descriptors and you've got yourself a, you know, present day UFO abduction. Yep. Or an alien encounter, right? Based on stories like the sexy ones, the Antonio, uh, Boris, Phyllis, Villabas, Villabas, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of parallels to the, what we have now. So it kind of makes me wonder that if, uh, some of these fey folk stories of the past aren't just, uh, if they happen today, we would, classify them as a UFO abduction. Well, there have been those, like the last one we talked about, the one where the buddy saw the uh, bovine-like creature. The cow person. The cow person. That, that's Some people speculate that possibly saw a fairy or a fey folk. Yeah. Right? I mean, it would line, it wouldn't surprise me. And, and, and to be honest, if there's, if there's an infinite universe here that we're talking about ever expanding, it would make sense that there could be potential for an infinite number of species that look infinitely different in every way. Oh, I think. It keeps it fun, at least. Mm -hmm. Infinite species, infinite shapes. Somehow, the four of us have all found a way to go bald. Yeah. (laughs) Explain that to me. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Next time on Alien, why are people bald? Listen, they say... (laughs) The mystery of male pattern baldness. They say... The statistics are one in four men. This podcast is four for four. Four to four, baby. Four for four. I think, I think it's been increasing. No, it's definitely more than one in four, you fucker. It's 100% right now. It, based well, on my books. We're, a, we're above the odds, but the average, I think, is way more than one yeah. in four. They're putting, in, they're putting it in the water. <laughs> well, as we get older. It, it, it increases. Yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell this. 85% of men by the age of Thanks, 50. climate change. None of us are 50. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it some days. Climate change is yeah. going up. Male pal and Berlin is going Obama. up. Obama. Mm, coincidence? <laughs> Anyways, any other thoughts on the Fay folk? Anything we missed in our ramblings? Oh, probably no, a whole it, bunch. It, probably a whole it, bunch. Yeah, well, a whole bunch. <laughs> but it's interesting. It's interesting to look at old legends and, and tales like this and then, you know, try to pair it up and line it up with like present day mysteries. It's fun and it's interesting. And you start to see a lot of parallels between various stories through different cultures. So it's very interesting. If you never looked into various fae folk and stuff, go check it out. There's tons, there's tons of tales, there's tons of videos. Uh, It's interesting. And they're not all Disney characters. A lot of them terrifying. (laughs) They're terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Sinister. I am the Leprechaun. That movie is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I need a picture. They're terrifying. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston had every right to be fucking terrified. Leprechaun. Yeah, listen. <laughs> two. Yeah. Leprechaun two. It's been a while. Warwick Davis is still working. Um, yeah, he is. All right. Uh, I'll announce the theory of the week this week only because I've been working with him uh, hand in hand this last month. What do you, what do you send you? Well, what do you send us? Um, So if you're listening to this, head over to our merch store, alientheorist.com. Click the merch tab because this month, month, this month, this month of September, uh, our merch store has been taken over by at ethos expression. That's ethos underscore expression. Uh, Ty, amazing digital artist, amazing artist, amazing creator. Literally, this is probably the best stuff that we've ever had, oh, to be honest with you. It's incredible. He's... Yeah, like his artwork's unreal. He's handmade... Uh, he's curated the store this month for the whole month of September. It's all his designs. Oh, um, put a little... Curated. Yeah. Quite right, yes. Curated. Mm, indubitably. Uh, so he... 
wicked hat design, wicked sweater design, uh, wicked individual t-shirts designs, and he's got a kid's shirt design. Um, so if you haven't seen this shit yet, head to aliantheorist.com, click merch. It's unreal. That'd be a two-timer right there. Yeah, the hat, the hat is fucking phenomenal. So go check it out. All right, and if you're not supporting the show and you want early access to the case files, all the bonus stuff, the Discord, you know where to go by now. Same place as Braden just told you about the merch, aliantheorist.com. And the bonus Patreon design this month is the fucking Zellfire Club uh, t-shirt uh, ethos, by Ethos Creation, or Expression, sorry. A uh, little Zellfire design based on the, you know. The hit show. The no, hit that's show. a compl- completely original idea. Never mind. Based on nothing. <laughs> original idea. Uh, Zellfire Club with a little vampire. Nobody's ever couple, thought of it. Zellfire Club is our... Fireballs. Zellfire Club is our... 100% original name for the D&D group the D&D campaign yeah. we've been playing on Patreon <laughs> yeah. made that up yeah. no first time we ever mentioned it <laughs> yeah. this week's newest supporters John Van Sickle Nils Stokey J drummer from Fat Lip goes up in his pledge cheers brother Woo! Stian Krissa Jacob Call, and Tom Kraft thank you very much for supporting the show And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. And Andrew's really 5'4". 5'3". Yeah. Yeah. See you next time.